1: It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: All right. Today on the show, it's those players that we just keep on drafting. And a little DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton debate, and some immediate regrets from the guy who drafted Cortland Sutton. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. We had our podcast league draft last night. 14 teams full PPR. So we're going to try to talk about that at the end of the episode if you need help in a 14-team league. But if we don't, check out the live stream tonight on youtube.com slash fantasy football today. That's the draft we're going to be breaking down at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right. I am Adam Azer with Heath Cummings here. So today we're not just talking about the players that we draft a lot, but also the players that we avoid. And the more and more drafts I do, Heath, the more I find out who I really love and who I really don't want to Draft. I think it's kind of easy. I don't know how from your perspective, but in mock drafts or if you're just doing rankings, you might have it a certain way. But then when push comes to shove and you really got to commit to someone for a full season, do you get any clarity on the players that you actually didn't maybe didn't realize you liked as much as you do?
1: Yeah, I think it was Dave who was actually famous for changing his rankings mid draft. Like he would come (laughs) to a decision point and be like, oh. I actually like that guy better. And so he would take the other guy and change his rankings. I do think it's also that your rankings are not going to perfectly align with every draft you do. There are certain times where you get to a point where you need a certain type of running back or a certain type of wide receiver based on that build. And so then you might go reach for somebody over somebody else. Um, But yeah, that's definitely rankings do change because of uh, when, when the rubber hits the road. Have
0: you, had any situations that you can think of where your rankings changed when the rubber hit the road?
1: Well, I should be able to think a lot. But um, I know that (laughs) last night I took um, James Robinson ahead of Michael Carter. Okay. And I had Carter ahead of Robinson. I took Damian Harris ahead of a couple of guys. I believe Naheem Hines and a couple other guys that in full PPR I had ranked ahead of them. Um, you know, this was a team where I'd started with McCaffrey and then a bunch of wide receivers and Jalen Hurts. So like I needed guys that I could conceivably see as starting running backs.
0: Yeah. Last week for me, taking AJ Dillon over Brees Hall made me realize I freaking love AJ Dillon. I might regret that pick. Uh, but that, that was a, that was a moment for me.
1: Well, that's something we haven't talked about because I wasn't on the show yesterday, but like. I had an A.J. Dillon moment over the weekend where I realized I all of a sudden had him ranked in round four in full PPR. Oh, yeah. And what's happened is the same reason that I now have Kyle Pitts in round three, and I can't make that argument anymore. It's because we've had like a dozen running backs that I used to have ranked in round three or round four that have fallen (laughs) behind those guys. Like, it's not really that I move Pitts or Dillon up that much. It's just that so many running backs have fallen behind them.
0: So let's talk about some players that we keep on drafting and some players that we avoid. Now, Dave was supposed to be on the show today. Uh, We're working. We'll see if he can hop on. If not, I still have a list of players from him that I can read. But uh, give me three players that you are drafting a lot of.
1: Well, this will be a shock to everyone. But DJ Moore, I think I've maybe drafted twice as much as I've drafted any other player. I'm just talking about real teams at this point. I'm I'm forgetting all of the mocks we've done in the past. These are just the guys I've drafted on real teams. So DJ Moore, definitely my most drafted. As far as the higher-end guys, the next two would be Aaron Jones and Brandon Cooks. DJ Moore, Aaron Jones, Brandon Cooks. Okay. And
0: Dave... Actually, why don't I just I'll just go ahead and give the player I was going to talk about. I was I was only going to give one because I th- I thought Dave would. It's Cortland Sutton. It's Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I keep drafting Cortland Sutton. And last night, I had the first pick. Heath had the second pick in our 14-team full PPR league. You only start two receivers and a flex. And at 27 overall, you took AJ Brown. So you I started Taylor. You went McCaffrey? Uh, then you took AJ Brown, and that left me with a lot of wide receiver options at the two three turn. And I was. You know, I, I felt good about going with two receivers there. Consider yeah. James Conner. but you and I both thought we go with our stud running back and then two receivers at the two-three turn. You took AJ Brown off the board, and I took Keenan Allen because it's still full PPR, and I still think you know he's going to get his his ton of ton ton I of just targets. Don't catches. feel good about drafting Keenan Allen, do you? In anything other than a PPR league, no. But a full yeah. PPR league, I feel fine with it. Uh, I don't. I know he's not going to be a top five guy, but I think he's going to be what he always is: top twelve. Uh, I took Cortland Sutton. I took Sutton over DJ Moore. And Heath, I spent some time this morning trying to make my feel, myself feel better about it. So uh, my, my justification is that just two years ago, the last full season for, for Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson was 17th in the NFL in pass attempts, and he gave us two top eight wide receivers in Metcalf and Lockett. And Metcalf did that with 83 catches. Um, and he was wide receiver six in PPR. And then just last year, in the first four games of the season for Seattle, Russell Wilson averaged 27.3 pass attempts per game, and Metcalf and Lockett were on enormous paces. That absolutely would have justified a a top 25 pick. Uh, So it's a bet on Russell Wilson, and Sutton is probably not as good of a player as DK Metcalf, and that's the issue here. But... It's a bet on touchdowns, I think. Wilson's just such a supreme touchdown thrower. Sutton's going to lead that team in touchdowns. I feel good about that. And that's why I took him. Um, So that's why I've been drafting him a ton. And then you followed with DJ Moore, who you draft a ton.
1: Yeah, and I was really struggling with that pick right before your turn because I wasn't sure if you like. It's always easier with Dave and Jamie when they're the ones that I, I can just go look at their rankings and say, mm-hmm. okay, they'll take these two guys. I'm going to take this guy. And I wasn't sure if you liked A.J. Brown or D.J. Moore more. And so I, like I like D.J. Moore over A.J. Brown, but I really didn't think you were going to take D.J. Moore there. So I took A.J. Brown ahead of D.J. Moore. And then just, like, the fist pump to end all fist pumps when you took Allen and Sutton, and I was able to get DJ Moore as well. Um,
2: why
0: aren't you taking Allen? I understand why you're not taking Sutton, but why aren't you taking Allen there when Allen is kind of just just this predictable PPR stud? I mean, he's, he's basically been a top 13, I think, wide receiver in PPR per game in five straight years, something like that. And a lot of times, you know, he's been closer to top six. So why, why not take Keenan Allen, the established guy? I think it's because I have
1: him 13th. Um, so I still think he's going to be a top 13 guy in full PPR. But it's it's guys who are ascending versus guys who could be descending. And we've seen Allen's efficiency over the last two years has been about as bad as it's been. And there was a good stretch of last year where Mike Williams was right there with him. And I just I think there is more risk that keenan allen takes a step back due to mike williams being the number one or due to josh palmer getting a few more targets or just due to keenan allen being over 30 and having an injury and i I like the younger guys better
0: all right i'm gonna give you some players that dave says he keeps drafting derrick henry who uh he might have second overall Uh, i'm not sure maybe third overall but he loves derrick henry alvin Kamara, who yeah is a first rounder i think for dave and Going to be a one-two turn guy for a lot in a lot of leagues. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Ha, and do you still feel good about Michael Thomas? Ha, when do you take him?
1: Yeah, shockingly, I don't get a lot of any of those three guys. <laughs> I don't know why. Probably because Dave's drafting them. Um, they do all kind of fit into a, an arch archetype. 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 I <laughs> archetype yes. Yeah. Archetype. Um, though, like they are formally elite, maybe number one overall players at their position. And they're all three at the age where you've got to have just a little bit concern, kind of like with Keenan Allen. Um, I don't feel as good about Michael Thomas as I did. Um, the, the hamstring thing just reminded us. Like, he has played, what, nine football games in the last two years and hasn't scored a touchdown since 2019. And he's he could have some injury problems again this year. And I don't know that he has – in. My projection for the Saints' offense. I'm not sure Michael Thomas has as much upside as AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, those guys.
0: Oh no, but you don't have to take him anywhere near there. Well, but Dave has been drafting him in round three a lot. I don't. Is he still rank, drafting him in round three? Let me check his updated rankings here. I don't know if maybe the hamstring. Uh, is it hamstring? Uh, the injury. It is hamstring yeah. currently. Yes. Uh, he's got him 33rd overall. So. Yeah, that's that's round three. But yeah, you can get you can get Michael Thomas right now in round four or five in a twelve team league. Oh and,
1: yeah, if, if there's no CBS people in the league, he's he's not going before round five, I don't think.
0: Okay. And let's talk about a couple things here before we get into the players that we are avoiding. It's draft a thon week. It's basically almost draft-a-thon time. So that is Wednesday from six PM Eastern until midnight Eastern. And it is uh an avalanche of the best guests in the industry. Heath is going to be on the 6 to 8 p.m. portion, which is on HQ, and then 8 to 9 with me right here, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. So the first two hours, you're going to watch CBS Sports HQ. You can watch that on the CBS Sports app. You can watch that if you're a Paramount Plus subscriber. You can go to cbssportshq.com. Obviously, there are free ways to watch it. And then we're actually starting the YouTube version at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, so you can... Watch that at, again, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Ben Gretch is going to join me with a couple other guests, I think, for the 7.30 to 8 p.m. uh, half hour. Then it's me and Heath from 8 to 9. You know who's coming on with us? Oh, I do not. I'd love to hear, though. All right. So our lineup right now from 8 to 9, subject to change. 8 to 8.20 is Joe Pisapia and Donkey Teeth.
1: Excellent. Excellent pairing.
0: Then we've got... This this look at this uh have fantasy football powerhouse here. Mike Wright and Jake Seeley from 820 wow. to 840. And then we're gonna get a little statty, we're gonna get a little little nerdy to send Heath off Heath off into the night. Jacob Gibbs and Rich Rebar are gonna join us at from eight forty to nine.
1: What a crew. Yeah. I'm just gonna sit back and listen.
0: Yeah, man. It's gonna be um it's gonna be really fun. Uh, and you're not going to sit back. I'm going to sit back and listen. You have to actually do the heavy lifting in that hour. (laughs) But we have amazing guests, including, I I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed. I feel like I should be allowed to say it at this point. I probably should have asked, but I'm just to say we have an NFL football player lined up who is currently going in the second round. We have an absolute mega superstar joining us in the 11 o'clock hour. But I'm so excited for tomorrow, and it's all to raise money for St. Jude. so we'll see you tomorrow. And we'll see you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, YouTube.com slash fantasy football today, 8 p.m. Eastern, as we break down our 14-team PPR draft, the podcast league. And, Heath, let's get back to the show. Players that you keep avoiding. Give me three players you keep avoiding.
1: Well, definitely George Kittle. Um, It seems like also Kyler Murray. I have drafted zero of them on any real teams this year. And then I don't know if I would say avoiding, because I have touted this guy a lot this summer. But I was surprised when I put together my spreadsheet of all the guys I have on rosters so far this year. I have not drafted J.K. Dobbins once. Why is that? Well, um, I think earlier in the off season or the last earlier in the month, it was more because I was drafting wide receivers in that range. And I just wasn't taking running backs where Dobbins seemed to get go. go. Um, the, over the weekend, though, he was one of the running backs who fell uh, considerably for me. I do not like the fact that they signed Kenyon Drake today. Um, like, I don't think Kenyon Drake should really matter that much when J.K. Dobbins is himself, but it just is another indication to me that maybe J.K. Dobbins is not himself. So, I, 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 Dave's now the high guy on Dobbins, it looks like.
0: Yeah, I think if you, I have a lot of Dobbins actually. I think you just have to be patient. You just, right. I'm not saying you can't start him in week one, but I don't know that he's going to really give you the return. I can't tell you when it's gonna be. None of us. Would scared. you take
1: Dylan or Dobbins? I, I'd take Dylan. Yeah, I I moved Dylan ahead of Dobbins as well. I think the really interesting one is also um Damian Pierce or Dobbins. Uh I take Dobbins. How about you? I've got Pierce right now, but it doesn't feel good, so I may swap that back.
0: Yeah, the thing like we just can't forget how how great of a player J.K. Dobbins can be. Right. Six yards per carry, we're not going to project that, but six yards per carry as a rookie in a system that's just bred for running back success. And we'll talk about that Kenyon Drake signing, and if it means that all this time we were saying that Mike Davis was in the breakfast club, don't you forget about me. Maybe maybe it's going to be Kenyon Drake now. You should be drafting ahead of Mike Davis, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. You said George Kittle, Kyler Murray were the other two. Uh, why? Real quick, why on Kyler, and then we should spend some time on Kittle because he was also on Dave's list, and I have not drafted Kittle once so uh, why Kyler?
1: Um, Kyler, it's it's really probably as simple as I like Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady more than Kyler Murray, and in almost draft every draft Kyler Murray goes before those guys. Um, yeah. So it's just like I I think you could make a compelling argument Hurts versus Murray, and just take the one who goes later, and that's very rarely Murray. And George Kittle. I, I'm. I mean. I hate to say this, but the Jimmy Garoppolo staying should almost make me feel better about it, I think. Like, that's the main concern, is that Trey Lance is not very good as a passer, or that this offense just goes extremely run-heavy, and he's got to compete with two, maybe a pair of guys turning into superstars. Brandon Ayuk's had an incredible offseason. Debo Samuel was incredible last year. And everything we've seen from Lance, and I don't know if this whole offense changes, because... Like, one of the things they've done, and one of the things Jimmy Garoppolo is so good at, is hitting those shorter area routes on time, and then the guy's doing incredible things after the catch. We've not seen a lot from Trey Lance, and we've not seen a lot from Trey Lance, period. But that indicates to me that that's his game, that he's going to be hitting these timing short area targets over the middle. Like, everything he seems to want to do is downfield. And that's not where George Kittle, obviously, as a tight end, works the most. He told, he goes downfield plenty for a tight end, but it's for a tight end. So I just I worry about target share. I worry about the, the quality of the targets. And I worry about how many times they throw.
0: All right, let me just take a look at overall CBS ADP. And you tell me, if you want a piece of the Niners passing game, and you want either Debo, Kittle, or Ayuk, what's the best value? Debo is currently going 21st. Kittle is going. Kittle is going forty ninth. Ayuk is going one hundred and twelve.
1: Um, it's definitely, definitely Brandon Ayuk. Let let uh, me give
0: you let me give you different draft values just in case these guys start to become values. Let's okay. say Debo more like twenty fourth, two three turn. Um, because I think I think he was available for us last night, right at the two three turn of the fourteen team league. Mm-hmm. I think he went in round three of a fourteen-team league. Uh, so, Debo at the two-three turn, Kittle closer to sixty, like round five, and Ayuk more like ninetieth.
1: Well, I mean, with that imaginary ADP, then I then I don't think Brandon Ayuk is the best value anymore. Uh, I wouldn't
0: call it imaginary though, because it's I've been noticing Kittle falling. And Ayuk rising. Like, Ayuk like yes. on fantasy football calculator over the last five, four day, uh, two days, which is a lot of drafts, though, still. Uh, 87th. So that's why I actually just looked at this after I came up with the with the ADPs. But
1: that's kind of where I feel like he's
0: going, is closer to 90 rather than 110 in like, a lot of leagues. But, yeah, anyway. With
1: those numbers, then I would like Kittle the most. The problem is I don't like Kittle more than I like Goddard. And you never have to take Goddard before Kittle. And Debo's in this fantasy football calculator, Debo's
0: still 19th and Kittle's still 44th. But Ayuk is, to me, a riser. I don't know that. If you like Brandon Ayuk, and you should, I don't know that you should count on getting him at 110 overall. You might have
1: to go earlier than that. I like him in round eight. Exactly, yeah.
0: Uh, one guy that I've been avoiding in, real quick on, on this is Terry McLaurin. I, I like Terry McLaurin. i got nothing against Terry McLaurin, but if you look at Fantasy Football Calculator ADP, he's going ahead of Sutton, Mike Williams, Michael Thomas, Alan Robinson, and Chris Godwin. I would take all of those guys before McLaurin. And if you look at CBS ADP, he's going ahead of some of those guys. I think he's going after Sutton and Mike Williams, but ahead of... Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, or Chris Gobbin. I might have the names uh, confused there, but I've been avoiding McLaurin, Heath, because I always find a wide receiver I like better in round four or five.
1: Well, yeah, I think there's two different um, angles to this. Why have you not drafted them? It's the George Kittle I've been avoiding, or it's the Terry McLaurin I've been ignoring. Um, I'm not actively avoiding Terry McLaurin. He's just never someone I'm, I'm ready to draft yeah. um, when it's my turn to draft. So I, I would take him. I've got him one spot ahead of Alan Robinson. Um, I would take him over Michael Thomas right now, but he's behind Sutton. He's behind, I think, all the other guys you said there.
0: And in the back of my mind, I think he's good. I don't know that McLaurin is a star and, you know, because I think stars can basically overcome competition. But this is more competition than he's used to having because Samuel... John Dotson's
1: really good. Yeah,
0: so. Dotson looks like a, a really good value late and Curtis Samuel, I'm not sure you have to draft Curtis Samuel or anything, but In the preseason, they were throwing to Curtis Samuel, and yeah, he might—he's terrible. He might Matt. You think he's terrible? I don't think.
1: (laughs) I thought he was terrible. Remember that, like two or three years ago, when we were having the whole (laughs) Curtis Samuel versus DJ Moore debate. Uh, yeah, vaguely, yeah. And Curtis Samuel had one year where he was good as a running back, but he's a really bad wide receiver.
0: That's selling him a little bit short because he he had good receiving stats at the second half of that year, but. But fine, fi- But he's involved. But okay, all right. Anyway, uh, let's let's move on here. If you plan on writing something important at work, maybe you're in school, whatever it is, giving a speech, listen to this. I was just talking to Chris Towers the other day before we recorded FFT and Five. We were talking about sponsors. We started talking about Grammarly, and he said off the air, completely truthfully, he said that. He uses Grammarly when he writes and he loves it. It really helps him. And I feel the same exact way. I'm right there with Chris uh, when I, when I yeah, oh good. When I have to do some writing, I use Grammarly to make my writing better and much more effective. Grammarly's all-in-one writing tool makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. And it looks like I'm going to have to write some more articles because we did our pick by pick series yesterday, so I'm going to have to write do I, is that right? Nobody told me this Heath, but do I have to
1: write For this? Uh, You have two articles that are due by Thursday morning.
0: Oh, well, it's a good thing I don't have anything going on Wednesday night.
1: But I'm going to have to write
0: two articles uh, about the teams I drafted and the way they shaped up and why I did it. And I'm going to use Grammarly. I'm going to use it for vocabulary suggestions, for grammatical suggestions. But I have Grammarly Premium, so it's going, to make, uh, it's going to help me make my communication more effective, get rid of redundant words and things like that. And when you're writing, Grammarly is going to help you avoid mistakes on important emails and documents. The free version of Grammarly can do that for you by proofreading your document. If you get Grammarly Premium, which is what I have, like I said— Grammarly Premium's clarity-focused sentence rewrites uh, rewrites, keep your writing clear and to the point. And get an instant take on how your message comes across with Grammarly's free tone detector so you'll always make the right impression. Get more time in your day with confidence in your work with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com FFT to sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade Grammarly Premium, get 20% off for being our listener. So grammarly.com slash FFT, get the free account, and then you can get 20% off when you upgrade at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash FFT. Let's go through your news and notes. And by the way, Dave is going to join us in a little bit. Uh, we appreciate it. He was in the office trying to set up, and he could have just thrown in the towel and said, nope, I'm out. But he actually is driving home so he can be on this show, which I very much appreciate. Thank you, Dave. All right, so San Francisco did sign Jimmy Garoppolo to a one-year deal, $6.5 million, fully guaranteed. There is a no-trade clause. Uh, And GM John Lynch, according to Jordan Schultz, who's an NFL insider, would prefer not to trade Garoppolo to the Seahawks. But now Garoppolo's got say over it anyway. Does this change
1: how you draft Trey Lance? I struggle with this. I wrote about it this morning. Like, it, because we're not drafting Trey Lance because of his floor. Um, like, we're drafting him because of his upside. And so I've I, i I've always been a little bit behind where his ADP is. I think it's the 8-9 turn. Um, I'm not quite on board with that. But in terms of upside, he has the upside to earn that and more. Um, you can just look at what Jalen Hurts did last year. I think he could absolutely do that. Um, but... It, de- it definitely, in my mind, means that you have to get a second quarterback when you draft Trey Lance. I think we've had two instances that are similar to this over the last two years. Um, one, I mean, this time of year, there was all kinds of speculation that Jalen Hurts could get benched at any moment. If anything goes wrong, Jalen Hurts could get benched, and he never did. He was very good. Um, The other, two years ago, we had Tua, who got benched like three different times for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mid-game
0: twice, mid-game, twice in the middle of a game.
1: Right, yeah. and so I, I think this 49ers <laughs> roster is built to contend for a Super Bowl, and I don't believe that if Trey Lance is struggling, Kyle Shanahan will just throw the way year away because we've got to develop, or Kyle Shanahan will just throw the year away because we've got to dra- develop Trey Lance. Right. So I do think he has more risk. I, I tweeted yesterday that his odds of being replaced because of bad play um, increased infinitely (laughs) because I think it's zero if there's no Jimmy Garoppolo and now it exists. Right. So just get, get a backup, but
0: he still has a ton of upside. Uh, Baltimore signed Kenyon Drake. That's according, or will sign Kenyon Drake, according to our Josina Anderson. And yeah, this could easily be about Mike Davis. Mike Davis is 29 years old and Averaged 3.6 yards per carry on Baltimore last year. I mean, I think you, you that, can't do that. <laughs>
1: um, no. Mike Davis was not on Baltimore last year, was he? Yeah.
0: Oh, He's no, I'm campus. sorry. He was on Atlanta. He was in
1: Atlanta. My bad, my bad.
0: He averaged 3.6 yards I would say per Kenyon
1: carry. Drake is to Mike Davis as Devonta Freeman is to Latavius Murray. Just. Well,
0: okay, go on, Expand.
1: I think that if like week one they need a running back, I might still bet on it being Mike Davis because he's been there longer and he knows. But if those two are in any sort of extended competition, Kenyon Drake's eventually going to win because he might have some life left in his legs.
0: And would you, would you say we're not sure if this is an indictment on KJ on J.K. Dobbins and his health, basically?
1: It, I, it makes me more nervous, but I we can't be sure. Um, I take it more as I don't know if Gus Edwards is... Is go, if they think Gus Edwards is ever getting back. Right. They need depth. They need depth, for sure. And, and maybe Tyler Beatty and Justice Hill are getting ready to get cut. Washington
0: has no timetable for Brian Robinson. They apparently expect him to, to play this year. I can't remember. Oh, it was our pick-by-pick pick yesterday. I took Antonio Gibson. Man, I wish I remembered when. Maybe round eight. And then I yeah. took Brian Robinson two rounds later on the same squad. Last night in our podcast league draft, Brian Robinson went with the last pick of the ninth round, which is like 130, 26, 26. Okay. Uh, second to last pick. So 125th overall. And Antonio Gibson went in round six in the middle of round six. What would you do here?
1: I have not updated this situation because I didn't want to, because I didn't like, I I I'm I'm glad that Brian Robinson's is out of the hospital. I'm going to do it this morning. Um, I think probably we need to move Gibson back up into the round six range. I My current uneducated expectation is that we're not going to see Brian Robinson in the first half of the year.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, there's been so much negativity on Antonio Gibson, but it's basically exactly if Brian Robinson's not, help, not going to play for a while, there's not much difference in what it was last year. And he was well, a number no, two running I mean, back the,
1: last year. I think we'd have to get through this week. We find out how much they, they hate Antonio Gibson. Like, as Dave said on HQ yesterday, they, they could go pick up a running back off the off the trash pile.
0: They could? Okay. So would you take Gibson or Cam Akers, who's back at practice?
1: Um, they said Akers was a full go yesterday. That's um, what Jordan Rodriguez said. So I'm, I'm, I'll be Akers over Gibson for sure.
0: How about Gibson or Clyde? Clyde. Alexander Madison might be on the trading block. That's something to keep in mind there. Does that increase his value or decrease his value if you're drafting today? Which a lot of people are. You know,
1: what do you think about Madison? I'm not changing his value because I do think if he got traded, it would probably be better for him. But if he doesn't get traded, I'm no longer certain that he's getting a workhorse role if Dalvin Cook gets hurt.
0: Miami released Sony Michelle, so Raheem Mostert is definitely a, a late round pick. You should consider how late, how how early for Raheem Mostert. And does this do anything for Chase Edmonds?
1: It is one less person who could steal touchdowns from him. Um, because what happens like and I I hope Raheem Mostert plays seventeen games this year, but I think we've all kind of worked with the assumption he's not going to, and that it would be Edmonds and Mostert until Mostert got hurt, and then it would be Edmonds and Michelle. Um I who on that roster is definitely taking goal line work from Chase Edmonds if Mostert gets hurt? Yeah. It's a good point. Uh, so I, I mean, feel a little bit better about Edmonds. I've got him. Uh, he's a, he's a top twenty-four running back for me. i have got him twenty-first in full PPR.
0: <laughs> he he's the player that that might make or break my podcast league team. I took him as my RB two mm-hmm. in last night's draft, and and I really see a lot of potential outcomes. I know Jamie really likes him. Uh, I took him with the last pick of round four. So what is that? Fifty-sixth overall. Yeah, and I've got him sixtieth. So I'm right in that same range. Yeah, and Jamie really likes. If Moster gets hurt, I think things are going to be. Pretty good for Chase Edmonds if Mostert doesn't get hurt or at the beginning of the year. I don't know. I just don't know what Edmonds is going to give you because Tua doesn't throw to his running backs or hasn't so far. I feel like he might be kind of uh, uh, flex flex flexy early in the year. Uh, All right, uh, let's see what else. Chad Graff of the Athletic thinks that Ramondre Stevenson could get more third down work due to Ty Montgomery's ankle injury, which we still don't know the severity of. By the way. But well, we did talk about that yesterday. Not only is Cam Akers full go, but Daryl Henderson is also full go. Uh, Peter King thinks this surprised me, Heath. Peter King thinks that Trey Sermon is going to be the Niners' number two running back to start the season.
1: I don't think anybody knows at all, and you should just draft all four of them. Um, <laughs> like, who did we think the top two running backs for the Niners were at this time last year? Not Elijah Mitchell. No. But we didn't know it was Mostert.
0: Then so we we know it's Mitchell is number one. Uh, let's see. Peter King also says that the Bills strongly believe in Gabriel Davis. Josh Allen believes in him. That they think that he's about to emerge. Basically, what do you think? Good, good. Um, right, come on. You, you're, has there been enough reports, momentum for you to move him? Have you moved Gabriel Davis
1: up? He's probably gone up a little bit in the overall rankings just because um, running backs keep falling. But he is, um, I've i have got him as like our wide receiver 28 or 29 in non PPR and wide receiver 33 or 34 in full PPR.
0: Hey, Dave. Hey, oh. Uh, you good? Or are you getting your headset? No headset? No, this,
3: this is what we're getting.
0: All right, today. that's fine. Gabriel I'm Davis. Sorry if I sound like duty. On CBS, Gabriel Davis is going ahead of Deontay Johnson. Whoa! And my, yeah, back-to-back. Back, and Michael Thomas. <laughs> wow!
3: Uh, th- there is a ton of excitement for him on CBS, and I think I know why. Have you looked at our projections for him? No. Go look at what the sports line projection oh, is. Oh, we saw him yesterday, actually. Yeah. The, yeah I, I bet Thomas has it. them. I think that's why. I think it's it's a high projection, And there's a combination of people who see that projection and they draft him a little earlier than we'd like. And there's also people that rely on the auto draft. And when you rely on the auto draft, you're at the mercy of the projections. And voila, Gabriel Davis is on your team in round four ahead of Deontay Johnson and Michael Thomas. It sounds weird, and I don't agree with it. I'd still rather have those guys, even Deontay Johnson. But you can kind of make the case for it, especially because I think the projections are a little light when it comes to Davis's catches and yards.
1: I can't find the projection. Where is it? Shafie
0: T, what do you got? You got that projection? Let's see if Thomas can get that. We'll come back to Gabriel Davis. Let, let me run through the rest of the notes here. We have... Uh, I want to get to the players that we keep drafting, the players that we keep avoiding. Did, I some missed early.
3: out on the, the Garoppolo news, didn't I?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Uh, bad for Trey Lance.
0: Yeah, draft the backup.
1: Houston um, head... Co- go ahead. Yeah. I just want to go back to the... Because I don't want to be anti-Gabriel Davis, but... Aren't we
3: really just hoping that he could be Adam Thielen? No, we were hoping he could be better than Adam Thielen. I think it's in, I think it, it's in I mean, his Adam profile Thielen's- to be like Adam Thielen
1: plus. Adam Thielen's been almost exactly Mike Evans over the last two years when he's been healthy. Yeah,
3: that's pretty good.
0: Well, if, if Adam Thielen stays healthy, if you're telling me that Adam Thielen is only going to miss a couple games and he's as good as what he has been, then Adam Thielen should probably be a round four or early round five pick. He's played that well because of the touchdowns.
1: I think people are making the bet that it is more likely that Gabriel Davis doubles his targets career high than it is that Adam Thielen stays healthy.
0: Maybe, but also Gabriel Davis, I don't even know how old he is, 25? That
1: should not be the reason that he's being drafted in round five or six. He's projected for 80 targets.
0: Uh, you're talking about his projection. I was saying his age. Adam Thielen's 32.
1: So that's, uh-huh. I think, what people are concerned about. I think about. he's almost exactly one year younger than Travis Kelsey. <laughs>
0: uh, Adam Thielen was was top 15 wide receiver per game last year. He was 15th. So if Gabriel Davis is Adam Thielen, then he's going to make sense where he's being drafted. Right.
1: I just would rather draft Adam Thielen. Yeah, well, they are going basically in the same range. Yeah. Uh, in CBS very close so to so why other. is he going so much? His he's, he's projected as wide receiver 40 in CBS projections.
0: Well, first of all, I, I would like to tell you that Deontay Johnson is going 68th and Michael Thomas is going 69th, so you know they're they're low, okay. Uh, but also wide receivers are just kind of low in our drafts anyway. Brandon Cooks is 69th, Brandon Cooks is 70, Marquise yeah. Brown, yeah, Marquise Brown is, is 69th, so that so. I don't know. In round in round 6, you're getting a lot of really good wide receivers in CBS drafts. Some of that is because this is averaging all drafts, non-PPR, half PPR. Um so maybe that pushes the wide receivers down, but if you just That
1: would also make more sense for Gabriel Davis because yeah. while he was 40th in CBS PPR projections with 10 touchdowns, he might be 25th in non-PPR projections.
0: All right, the rest of the news and notes. I'm giving you 2 minutes. Let's go. Uh, Houston head coach Lovey Smith did not commit to Damian Pierce being the week one starter. Dave, does that mean anything?
3: No. he's He's got two eyes and a brain. He sees what we see. Pierce will be the best running back in Houston this year.
0: The Colts released Philip Lindsay. Does that mean Naeem Hines is more likely to be the handcuff to Jonathan Taylor?
3: When did that happen? This morning. Oh. Uh, I mean, sure. Okay. Uh, J- they, Jackson is clearly somebody that they like, I think.
0: All signs point to Mitchell Trubisky starting week one for the Steelers, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, Josh Kendall of the Athletic.
3: He's looked good. He's looked good. Just so people are aware, he has looked very good.
0: Josh Kendall of the Athletic thinks that head coach Arthur Smith is trying to get Desmond Ritter ready for at least some action this season. Uh, Darren Waller is closing in on a contract extension. Juju's back at practice. MVS is out of the concussion protocol, so you're going to get them for week one, it seems. Certainly MVS. Carolina acquired LaVisca Chenault. Does that matter?
1: Not yet. Um I'm wondering. So this Zay Jones thing might might actually prove to be true. There was reports yes. that he'd been their best wide receiver at camp for Jacksonville. Oh. They also cut Laquan Treadwell. So it sounds like it's Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. Oh, I was gonna say, is
0: Marvin Jones a sleeper? He had 120 targets last season, which was a career high.
3: He couldn't separate from mayonnaise. Well, let me try that again. It would be hard to separate from mayonnaise <laughs> if you were covered in it. If he, I don't know. I, sorry, I'm not, I'm not in the mood to be funny, and I try to be funny.
0: <laughs> it was funny.
3: <laughs> that, that died. No, that really died. Yeah, he, he could probably separate from me in coverage. Is that any funnier? Can I just say I'm, that... Because I'm fat and slow, get it? There's uh,
0: really no... Reason Zay not, Jones
3: is worth a late round pick.
0: There's no reason not to have light mayonnaise. It tastes pretty much as good as regular mayonnaise, and it's much better for you. So just go with the light mayonnaise. The Titans acquired offensive lineman Dennis Daly. Uh, he's you know from Carolina. I don't know if he's going to start or anything for them. He's got some starting experience. Uh, Buffalo released O.J. Howard, and the Chiefs released Josh Gordon. It is time for more players that we keep on drafting. Let's start with Dave. I, we already talked about Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas on your behalf. So, oh. give us a few more players that you just keep on drafting.
3: I keep on drafting, drafting. Hold on, I got to find the notes from earlier. Josh Jacobs,
0: uh, Gabriel Davis. We talked
3: about. We talked about Gabriel Davis. Josh Jacobs. Uh, You want to talk about Josh Jacobs? You want to know why I keep drafting him? Because I find him in in mid to late round five. And he's he's still set up to be the starting running back for the Raiders. That offense should be better this year. They should score more points this year. Offensive line's not great, but I I think that there's definitely a chance where Josh Jacobs can at least match what he did last year, which is a number two fantasy running back in round five. So maybe – he could be a dead zone running back. I can't sit here and tell you that he's not. He takes on injuries. Um, if he fumbles, he could end up on the bench because McDaniels could bench him. I think they like Zamir White, but maybe they view White as more of a long-term answer. So what do they do if Jacobs stinks? Do they immediately go to White, or do they give Jacobs a chance to play his way out of it? And if he doesn't stink, then he's he's their White Knight. So I I think that there's definitely a chance that Jacobs outperforms that type of ADP.
0: Are you taking Josh Jacobs or Chase Edmonds?
3: Jacobs. Even in full PPR.
1: Uh, Chase Edmonds in full PPR. Jacobs is one of those running backs who's kind of fallen throughout camp for me, but I don't necessarily disagree with Dave. I, I struggle with Jacobs versus Dobbins versus Akers right now.
0: Dave, you've got a couple of late-round wide receivers, mid-to-late-round. Uh, sure. Tra- Traylon Burks, Russell Gage.
3: They're unpopular. They were popular at one point, and now they're unpopular. People have read the headlines in Traylon Burks. They haven't done the diligence to actually watch him play. And I thought his best preseason game just happened. He was separating. No mayonnaise needed. And <laughs> he had good hands on top of it. He played a lot this preseason Uh, the way to spin that positively would be to say, well, he's just getting experience. But what I really think the reason behind that was is because they want to make sure that he can handle playing four quarters and that there is a legitimate conditioning issue with Traylon Burks. That might scare some people. That's okay. That's baked into his ADP. I like him better than Drake London if they're both on an even playing field and there's no conditioning issue. Since there seems to be one, I can draft Burks after Drake London. I could get them both if I wanted to. And I still think that there is a very big target share for the taking in Tennessee. I watched Robert Woods play too. He was fine. He moved well. I'm happy because I like Robert Woods and he's coming back from the ACL. Um, but, but I think Traylon Burks is going to be good. I, I feel like he's this year's, I'm going to, this is going to sound really funny. He's this year's Jamar Chase in that he had a bad preseason in terms of headlines and bad buzz and bad vibes. And he, I think he's just going to go out there in the regular season and have a good year. All so right. I'm happy to take him. And Gage, we haven't seen for a while, and we know there's a hamstring injury there. But I, I, I watched Julio play. he looks He's running like a tight end. We know that Mike Evans already had the hamstring issue. He seems fine. We know that Godwin has the ACL he's coming back from. He should be fine. Those guys should play week one. At some point during the year, the Bucks are going to need Russell Gage. I'm hoping that I have the patience. To keep him on my bench for as long as possible, so that he can come through when the hamstring heals and he's catching targets from Tom Brady.
0: Are you taking Russell Gage and Traylon Burks ahead of Julio Jones?
1: Yes, I'm definitely taking Traylon Burks ahead of Julio Jones. I, what I what I wonder is, do you think, Dave, that they will they see Burks as eventually the slot that plays? like he has, to, he has to beat out Kyle Phillips because they've really, no way. they don't, they don't believe that he can beat press coverage right now.
3: Right. I don't know who Burks. Yes. I don't know if they believe that or not. I'd be surprised. I think Phillips has looked so good in the slot that there's nobody taking that job other so then than he like
1: take it from Westbrook. Akeem. Well,
3: yes. I think that that's, what's going to happen. I, or they just, they, they rotate those three receivers a lot, but. I don't think westbrook Akeena is going to be a huge factor in slowing down Burks, at least over the course of the year. Burks could be somebody that gets off to a slow start, and you might go, oh, God, wasted pick. I'm going to cut him. Adam's learned that lesson before with rookie first-round receivers. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You got to be patient for sure. Uh, By the way, I forgot to mention that on our eBay page, we got this awesome ring from Trophy Smack. And the championship, the the turnover chain championship bell kind of you don't have it on you. The turnover I, it's chain, it's over. The, I I don't feel like getting it right now. Um, but, oh, okay. But it is so cool, and you can just see a picture of me with it on the on our eBay page to get a glimpse. Like it is the most showy, in your face, incredible way to celebrate a fantasy football championship. We're auctioning it off on our eBay page, so please go ahead and, and take a look at that. And uh, the eBay page, the link is in the episode description for you podcast listeners. Thomas, if you wouldn't mind throwing the eBay link in the chat right now. Uh, I just forgot about that. All right, let's go a little quicker because we haven't talked uh, too much about the players we're going to avoid. Dave is also drafting a lot of Tom Brady. Who, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of Brady disrespect. Guy was the number two quarterback in fantasy last year, so Dave's waiting to take Tom Brady, and you have Isaiah McKenzie as well. Is he behind Isaiah McKenzie, slot receiver for the Bills? Is he behind Russell Gage?
3: He is not for me, but given the injuries to both receivers, it wouldn't be a surprise if you ended up getting McKenzie in eleven and Gage in twelve.
1: All right. Are you taking those guys ahead of like Dotson and Tolbert yep. and the Rook Garrett Wilson? Mm-hmm. See, I like in the same vein as Traylon Burks, I'm just mostly drafting the rookies or second year wide receivers in that range. I, I haven't, I haven't drafted McKenzie or gauge. I don't think I haven't drafted Julio Jones either. Um, I just find myself in those double digit rounds. Just like I, I take Traylon Burks. I take Garrett Wilson. I take Jahan Dotson. I just take a bunch of those young guys. Heath, the guys that
0: you keep drafting, you already talked about uh, Jalen Hurts and Aaron Jones and Brandon Cooks and DJ Moore. Or am I wrong about that? Did you not? I talk didn't about- talk about Jalen Hurts oh, yet. Sorry. Like
1: Hurts and Brady are definitely my two most commonly drafted quarterbacks. And the biggest mistake that I made in our draft last night, and I'm just still a little bit upset about was I took Jalen Hurts um, early in round five. No, it was a 14 team league because um, I didn't pick again for 28 picks. And then I came back twenty-eight picks later and Tom Brady was still there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just wait for Tom Brady.
0: Twenty eight picks later. Is that that's part of the uh of the franchise, right? The zombie franchise. No, twenty-eight days later. No, never saw it. No.
3: See the thing with man <laughs> is that when it gets old, it separates <laughs> and it's weird and gross and you
2: fantasy, shouldn't
0: need it. Fantasy football zombies popping up twenty eight picks later uh aaron joe oh, uh, tony pollard tony pollard i thought was interesting i didn't know you were drafting a
1: lot of tony pollard so what's that all about this was almost as surprising to me as finding out that i had not drafted any jk dobbins is i have <laughs> tony pollard on five different teams which is fantastic um he doesn't like we in some of our drafts he gets pushed up a little bit higher i feel like but i find t- tony pollard in round seven sometimes like I might draft a running back and a tight end in the first two rounds and then a bunch of wide receivers and a quarterback, and then we get through the dead zone, and somehow Tony Pollard's still sitting there.
0: So I'm assuming you take Josh Jacobs ahead of Tony Pollard? Oh, yes. What about Akers?
1: I've gone back and forth on that one over the last 24 hours, but right now, considering they said Acres was a full participant yesterday, I will take Acres over Pollard.
0: What about Damian Pierce or Tony Pollard? Ah, uh, Pierce for sure. Pierce. Kareem Hunt or Tony Pollard. Kareem. I've
1: taken Pollard over Hunt um, on multiple occasions. I'll take Kareem.
0: What about Devin Singletary?
1: Whoa, Paul- Pollard by six rounds. <laughs> Singletary.
0: Ooh, Heath yeah. is out on Devin Singletary. That's for sure.
1: Well, I've been out. Yeah, yeah. You don't. Uh, I think it's gonna be a three-headed monster there.
0: All right, I see three late round running backs, and they are always uh, in my queue late. Khalil Herbert, Mark Ingram, Jamal Williams. Uh, these are just uh, yours. These are not guys you feel like you can start right without an, uh Actually, no. No, I'll take that kind back. Kind
3: of lottery tickety.
0: Herbert, Ingram, Williams. How do you feel about them?
1: I think that there's an underrated chance that one or more of the three could be flex worthy without an injury. And all of the three have big-time upside if the starter gets hurt. And they go so much later than the other handcuffs. Um, Particularly guys like Jamal Williams and Mark Ingram are often there in, like, round 14. Yeah. And I just don't think that that reflects the reality of their situation. I think we're seeing 18 touches a game for Jamal Williams if something happens to DeAndre Swift. We saw Mark Ingram was averaging 19 PPR fantasy points a game without Alvin Kamara last year um like these guys Khalil Herbert was awesome without David Montgomery last year yeah I think these guys have like in that 14 team league I would not be surprised if I'm flexing those guys on bye weeks at all I think they're probably getting 10 touches or more on a regular game
0: we know you take DJ Moore a lot we know you've loved Brandon Cooks and Cooks is where's he ranked for you
1: uh, 12 or 13 at wide receiver. But again, Cooks is one of those players that I, I draft him in round three and everybody says, why'd you take him in dra- round three? And then I don't take him in round three in one of our drafts and somebody takes him at a 3-4 turn. But if you're not drafting with CBS people, you can wait until the end of round four, probably round five. Like I said, he's uh, 60, wide res- not wide receiver 69, but pick 69 in CBS leagues.
0: Yeah, fantasy football calculator,
1: Always a nice value for Brandon Cooks.
0: Cooks is in round five there. He's going after Chris Godwin. I'm sorry, Chris Godwin. This run of wide receivers round five, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Gabriel Davis, Adam Thielen. This is what I say every other show. Just be in that range. Uh, get wide receivers there. Great values. Now, would you take Brandon Cooks over Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson or Michael Thomas? Yep. All three of them?
1: Yep. Wow.
0: How can you take him over Godwin? Just the ACL?
1: Yeah. I mean, if Godwin was healthy, I would take him first. Okay.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'll go the other way on that one. I'll take those receivers out of Cooks. I like Cooks a lot, but I'm I'm losing my love of Davis Mills after this preseason, and I'm definitely seeing what Nico Collins is all about. I wonder, if that stuff, I, I wonder if those two things, along with, hello, Houston might have a running game now. I wonder if those things kind of, they, they ding Brandon Cooks a little bit. I think that puts his upside at risk. And now I feel like he's more of that, I feel like he's more of what he's been, which is one week great, next week bad, and it's consistent throughout the year that he's a roller coaster. And I, I feel like there's a chance that those other receivers that you named, can be a little more steady for fantasy managers over the course of the year.
0: So, Heath, one more for you that you always draft. Mark Andrews. Hmm. You are comfortable taking him in the second round. Yes. He's currently got a third-round ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator early in the third round. And CBS, sorry, Mark Andrews is going 27th overall. So that is a third-round pick. Do you feel confident that you'll be able to get him in the third round is it you know or should you just not even take that risk and grab him in the second
1: round i never take that risk you never do. yeah
0: but what would you advise others to do would i you don't say, think
1: when i think it depends on how much you want somebody but if you're in round two making a selection and somebody has a an adp of pick 27 i do not think you and you want that player i do not think you should wager on them being there in the third round no matter who the player is right Right. Um, Like that's not enough of a cushion to say, well, he'll probably still be there.
3: And it's also whether or not you, you prioritize the tight end. And I would imagine that if you are looking at Mark Andrews in round two, that means you really want to have a stud tight end on your team. You want to try and differentiate your roster from others in the league. And that, that's not a bad thing. That's what, that's a goal that you set before the draft. You should know what you want to do at tight end Before you draft. That's not a strategy thing. That's me or you saying, uh, look, I want to have an edge over my competition. I think I can find a good running back later on. There are good running backs later on. I think I can find a good wide receiver later on. There are good wide receivers later on. I think I can find a quarterback late. You can find a quarterback late. Tight end is riskier. It's thinner. And there's really only three that come without significant flaws. Andrews is one of them. So I get why round two is is desirable and you're willing to do it
0: okay another horror movie that you just said since we're on that you just said you ever seen thin you said thinner you ever seen thinner you guys ever Me? seen that one
3: yeah you guys ever seen you thinner? think i got anything to do with anything called thinner? thinner? it's a good movie all right we're taking a break it now was get out
0: it's it's a little camp that was good i didn't eh, get out was fine it, it's on your bad take list is the only reason i brought it up it's fine uh, I mean, like the, the whole, the fact that the, the flash of the camera is the solution, that is so cliche. Come on, you can do better than that. Okay, anyway, Wow. players we avoid when we come back on Fantasy Football Today.
2: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill.
0: so, he's already talked to you about Kyler Murray and J.K. Dobbins. How about Saquon Barkley, Jamar Chase, and Stefan Diggs?
1: What's up with that, Heath? Um, yeah, not like the Barkley one is just that I'm not as sold as everyone else that he's going to return to three years ago or four years ago, whatever he needs to do to justify this current ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not been very good the past two years. He's on one of the worst offenses in football. And he's been hurt a ton. So I, I can't get on board with that early in round two, or definitely not in round one. Um for Chase, I think it I don't know exactly why it is, but I literally do not have him on a team. Hmm. And I don't have any negative feelings about him. I have him graded as a first round pick. It's just at the end of the first round, and he always goes, I think what it probably is is that I have Travis Kelsey and Aaron That's Jones. Exactly coming. what it is. Yep. And so those two guys I take instead. Mm. With Diggs, I'm I'm a little bit concerned that he's not guaranteed 165 targets this year.
3: Yep. Um, can, can we go back to the Saquon? Yeah. Discussion. Mm-hmm. Heath, you know I love you, man, but I got to challenge you on something. Okay. You, I think your rationale for taking Saquon or for not taking Saquon Barkley is. Reasonable, rational, makes sense. Christian McCaffrey is your number one ranked player. Uh Couldn't we say the same thing about McCaffrey as you just did about Saquon Barkley?
1: No, because when McCaffrey has played,
3: he's been good. All right, that's fair. To a degree, that's fair. But still, so good that it negates all the other risks that you pointed out with Saquon? I'm, I think what the
1: difference is, is that I'm willing to take the risk with McCaffrey because I think if McCaffrey plays, I've got a five-point advantage on every other player in the league. I I'm think, not willing to take the risk on Barkley because I think there's a chance that Saquon Barkley could play 15 games and average 3.7 yards per carry and score seven touchdowns.
0: One thing that's gotten me more encouraged about Barkley is, I don't know how much to take away from preseason, but, man, they threw the running backs a lot. Daniel Jones threw the running backs a lot. And Barkley, every report that, you know, so many reports involved in the passing game, involved in the passing game, involved in the passing game. So I am worried about the efficiency. I still think the offensive line is going to be a major weakness. But um, I think he's got a he's got a little bit of a PPR floor because he's just going to get so many touches and so many catches
1: i still think that the like and nobody ever acknowledges this or thinks it's good but i think it's really good i, I think the juju saquon comparison is like I, how everybody else feels about juju is how i feel about saquon yes he was great when he was 21 or 22 years old now they're both 25 years old they haven't been healthy or good in what quite a while i don't want to draft them as if they're just good again yeah, I think that's
3: I think that's fair. But okay.
0: Real quick, Keith,
1: tell me why you're not drafting
0: Zach Ertz. Zertz.
1: I am not certain of his role on the team after the first six weeks. Same. And I think Trey McBride's really good and could take a few tight end targets away from him.
3: Okay. And I think, I think DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore are pretty good, and they're going to be the ones that take some tight end targets away from Zach Ertz.
1: Dave
0: is avoiding Mike Williams. He really yeah. wanted to talk about that one too. Juju Smith Schuster and Ezekiel Elliott. So let's let's discuss Mike Williams, Dave.
3: Last year, first five games of the year, he was outstanding. Everybody knows it was over twenty PPR points per game. It was a different Mike Williams than we'd ever seen before. The breakout was happening. And then after those games, he averaged 12 PPR points per game over the rest of the season, which is still good, no complaints. But fantasy managers were probably a little irked by him not being as productive for his final 12 than his first five. And I look at those final 12 games, and I feel like that's indicative of what he was before last year, which was right around 10 PPR points per game. One year, he was under 10 PPR points per game. I'm scared that we're... we're, I'm I'm scared of two things. I'm scared that the, the general public and Heath are overrating Mike <laughs> Williams a little bit um, based on those first five games. I'm also scared that I'm underrating him because face facts gets a lot of targets. He's in the an awesome offense, pretty much the type of offense that you want any wide receiver to be in. And even though he dropped a bunch of touchdowns last year, including. Three on consecutive plays. I believe it was three. Uh, I, I think that he's still going to get opportunities to score. So I see, I see why he likes Mike Williams and drafts Mike Williams. I see why other people take him. Maybe it's a little bit out of, uh, oh, there's a receiver run ending, a tier is ending. Mike Williams is the last name. I better get him. But I never end up taking him. Uh, I've got a lot of receivers ranked ahead of him that I don't think the other guys have ranked ahead of him and I'm a little nervous that he could underwhelm this year and I just I need to I need to talk with an adult on this to give me some give me the other perspective on why Mike Williams might be great this year.
1: Yeah, so I I think it's just a and we've had this discussion before um but I'll say it again. I think Mike Williams, which he's gotten hurt before, but he got hurt last year and was hurt um, against Baltimore in week six, battled through that for the next four weeks, did not have more than six targets in a game during that stretch, did not have more than 60 yards, had two catches in three of those games. But then from week 11 on, Mike Williams was just awesome again. Now his pace from week 11 through week 18 85 catches 1300 yards seven touchdowns on 138 targets
3: 12.9 ppr points per game
1: not that good and some serious Um, duds in from week 11 through week 18 i've got him at 15.3 ppr that's much better
0: yeah did
3: he miss the game in there yes that's different then uh 103 divided by seven is that fifteen? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, but, but right. That's that's really that's good. Fourteen uh, seven. But that, but that I just he was inconsistent in there. He had a four for thirty nine. He had a six for sixty one. He had a three for forty nine. He had a three for sixty three with a touchdown. And he actually was pretty frustrating until week seventeen. Or week eighteen, pardon me, the last week of the year, with that furious you know rally against the Char- uh, against the Raiders, that overtime game, hit seventeen targets in that game. Yeah, I mean that's great. Who, like who he- was
1: inconsistent last year was Jamar Chase.
0: Jamar Chase <laughs> had the be- you know one of the best rookie seasons ever. He's going to be more consistent this year. This was the fourth year of Mike Williams' career, or was it his fifth year? Fifth year, I think. Fifth year, fifth year. right? So awesome. like, I'm not holding Jamar Chase's inconsistencies against him.
1: I'm saying if you have a wide receiver who over an eight-week stretch scores 15 fantasy points per game, you should not hold it against him either, especially when what over the full season he averaged 15 fantasy
3: points per game or 14? Full season, 14.9.
0: By the way, 15 points per game was wide receiver 21 in 2020, and last year 15 points per game would have been wide receiver 20. I uh, would we'll take Christian Wilkinson out there. So well, he was wide receiver, wide receiver 19.
1: 17 at 15.3 for the year, I think. So. Yes.
0: Uh. Well, yeah, 18. Yes, Wait, removing Christian Wilkinson, yes. Wide receiver 17. Is that a guy that we should take in the third round? If He's going to average 15 points per game?
3: Look at the other receivers that are going in round three. I mean, he How many of those guys are definitely going to outperform 15 PPR points per game?
1: I mean, CeeDee Lamb was at 14.6, and we're drafting him in round two now.
3: Sure. Well, because we're expecting a bump. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm I'm getting to my point, but you look at the receivers going in round three, and you think to yourself, okay, how many of these guys can get to 15? I look at T. Higgins as someone who's a lock to average 15 PPR points per game. I don't know if he's going to have more than two or three smash weeks all year, but he's got a very safe floor. He's a safe wide receiver. Uh, if Evan Evans, if Mike Williams plays like he did in those last seven games, he's no different than Brandon Cooks. He can be great one week and be sucky the next. And so he should go right around that time when Brandon Cooks is going. So it comes down to how you feel about receivers like that, that have that inconsistency to them. I would imagine that where's Cooks going now in ADP? Round five, in round six. All right. And where's Mike Williams going now?
0: CBS ADP?
3: Yeah. 41st. So, to me, I'd rather have Cooks than Williams if they're the same guy. Even though I mean, the offense is clearly better in L.A. Uh,
1: yeah. I just don't know why, because T, like, T. Higgins scored two-tenths of a fantasy point more than Mike Williams last year. T. Higgins had games two for 23, two for 15, five for 32, three
3: for 44. He had a bunch of bad games, too. I'm telling you that the first five games of the year for Mike Williams aren't indicative of who he is. He, he was because the number he had two at least receiver. he 22 PPR points in four of them. He was the number well, two receiver in round I don't think he had even fit back-to-back 15-point PPR games at any point in his career before this, year, before last year. I don't but think he did it in back-to-back games even once. And then he comes out last year and he does it, and then he, he gets hurt. Like you said, we already ran through his story. I, I think he's going to be one of those inconsistent receivers. I, I want to take him. I've got him ranked like I want him, just not like I want him badly.
0: I think I'm going to tell you something. I, I think that when you're not drafting with us, you're going to get Mike Williams more, because I want Mike Williams. I, I kind of have, have come around on him because I think Justin Herbert likes Mike Williams based on last year, and he threw to him a ton near the end zone and Mike Williams just could not hang on to the damn ball. He had the fifth most green zone targets in the NFL and he only caught two touchdowns in the green zone. And that's inside the 10 yard line. And that is extremely low. So, you know, I, I, I do want Mike Williams. I always take Cortland Sutton ahead of Mike Williams. So I never end up getting Mike Williams, but, uh, you know, like I said, I don't take Terry McLaurin. Mike Williams is a guy I would take ahead of Terry McLaurin. He's in that group of like five wide receivers in round three to four that I do want. Uh, he's been a tough one for me though, because I always think of Corey Davis and Devonte Parker. Same exact thing. They were on there. They got their fifth year option picked up. They had huge seasons. They earned their second contract and now they're not even top 100 picks. I don't think that's going to happen to Mike Williams, but I do want, I don't want to pay for the guy coming off his career year in his contract year. Uh, but I love Justin Herbert. I could see Herbert throwing 50 touchdowns this year. And if he does, you know, and Williams would will be a big part of that. So, well, I,
1: I think that the like Devontae Parker and Corey Davis the following year both kind of had the same thing, right? They were still really good on a per game basis, but they got hurt.
0: Corey, like Davis, Corey Davis first year yeah. Off
1: dominating. Yeah. In New York.
0: Yeah, sure. But he, right. But he did get hurt. and And Mike Williams does have an injury history. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I I I was saying I think that's that's the L. Like if you want to just say, I'm afraid Mike Williams can't stay healthy, then okay, maybe
0: maybe he can't. All right. I'm sorry. Let's finish up quickly here, Dave, with do you want to talk about Juju
3: Smith Schuster? Uh, we've talked about him enough. I don't know if we necessarily no, need to I
0: actually don't feel a ton of clarity from our show on Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> I don't
1: feel a ton of clarity <laughs> because at all because my his head. status
0: keeps changing, you know, with the injury and stuff. So. so let's just finish with a minute on Juju Smith Schuster. Dave, give me give me 20 seconds on why why he why you might avoid him and Heath, give me 20 seconds on why you might not.
3: I think I think the recipe for the Chiefs offense this year will be to mix and match their receivers based on who they play. I think Juju proved already this preseason that he can handle both, you know, little short passes from homes and also zone passes. So when he's playing against zone defenses, he can find the spots to get open. He can make plays when a defense plays man against them. I don't think Juju is going to be able to get open as easily. I see him having a very up and down season and probably with more downs than ups
1: um he's played at least 14 games three times in his career and he's finished as the top 20 wide receiver all three years and we all have him ranked outside of the top 30. so that is the case for taking juju is that if he stays healthy he's probably going to be better than
3: where we rank him right if he's exactly what he was when he was in pittsburgh getting a ton of targets every week
0: okay that's it for today's show thank you all very much for watching and listening we got to run. Remember, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll talk to you about the uh, the 14-team PPR podcast league draft that we did yesterday. We'll review those results and, uh, and, yeah, and break it down. For Heath and Dave and Thomas, I'm Adam. Talk to
1: you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.